Welcome back to Burnout Diaries. We're on chapter four. Today I'm going to be talking to you guys about how I finally listened to my body and mind and started the long journey towards recovery. I don't know what to do with you. Those were the really encouraging words of my neurologist during a follow-up appointment after well over 50 consecutive days of hemiplegic migraine attacks. I've never seen anything like it. Thankfully, he had read my four-page long, fully researched email, which included links to multiple scientific papers in a painfully detailed migraine diary describing every single attack. He agreed that I should come off the anticonvulsant medication, on my recommendation, to the utter delight of my fiancé, who, poor thing, I don't think knew who he was engaged to anymore. I had a little glimpse of sadness, as I had managed to get myself back into size 6 jeans, thanks to the weight loss side effects of these meds, but then I remembered how shit it was not to know how to tie my own shoelaces and had a word with myself. The neurologist also admitted defeat and agreed that I needed a third opinion, this time from the leading migraine expert in the country. I online stalked this new neurologist like you do when you meet a guy for the first time. I read all his papers, told everyone about him, and developed a little bit of a scientific crush on him. Like Dorothy with The Wizard of Oz, my hopes about him being some miracle worker that would return my brain to its cancer's equivalent, Toto excluded, went through the roof. I often had to be brought down to earth by my fiancé or simply by another attack that would leave my legs so numb and weak that I would have to drop on all fours just to make it to the toilet. And so the day came and we went to meet doctor number three. And it was amazing. I learned more in the two hours he spent with us than in the previous three months of care. And I left with a plan. A plan. I bloody love a plan. It has steps, you follow them, and then you get the desired outcome. In the taxi on our way back home, I could already picture myself back at work and leading a completely normal life. Oh, bless me. In Spain, we have a fable about a little girl that works on a dairy farm called El Cuento de la Lechera, which means the tale of the dairy girl. In this tale, said little girl milks a cow and gets a full jar of milk. While she's walking to the village to sell her milk, she daydreams about buying another cow with the money from the sale, then milking that cow, getting more money, buying another cow, and so on and so forth, until she builds a global dairy empire. The girl gets so caught up in her daydream that she isn't looking where she's going, so she trips and spills the jar of milk. Her plans for global dairy domination clearly evaporate. I swear I was that little girl in a former life. And although dreaming like that can be dangerous, especially when you have a complex condition that happens to have no cure, I feel the little dairy girl doesn't get enough credit on the tail for at least having a goal and a hell of a lot of determination, albeit clumsiness too. So inspired by this girl, my previous incarnation, I gave myself a goal. I would follow Dr. Number Three's plan to the letter, pat on the head optional, with the aim of being well enough to last through my entire wedding party at the end of May, so with two months to go. Nothing more, nothing less. From that day on, I run my life like the movie Groundhog Day, as I'm told that change is the enemy of both migraine and burnout. 
I exercised five times a week to build lean muscle. And on days when my brain and body were struggling, I forced myself to at least get up and go for a walk along the Thames. I kept a food diary and followed a macronutrient control diet that eliminated caffeine, processed foods, alcohol, and just basically all the butt stuff that tastes oh so very good. I meditated every single day. I went to bed at the same time and tried to sleep eight hours a night. No more, no less. I became a better guardian of my time and just didn't run around London meeting people. I asked them to come to me to preserve my energy. And I did some little projects to keep my mind active but not overloaded and give my boring and lonely days at least some purpose. I will write some burnout lessons and, and do podcasts about some of these to explain them in more detail in the coming weeks. But in a nutshell, I just did all the commonsensical things you would do to give a hypersensitive brain and an exhausted body the best possible chance to heal. This time, I smashed resting. I did it properly, not like the first time around. And although my condition didn't change at all, and the attacks would still hit me every single day, I felt like a different person. Better still, I felt like I was back, and the scary cat, meek, sad version of me that got lost in central London was nowhere to be seen. I faced the next batch of hospital tests in a much better frame of mind, and perhaps even started to accept that if my brain was to stay like this forever, and I couldn't return to my old job, I could still have a happy and fulfilling life. Not the one I had planned, but a different and maybe even better one. The time came to see doctor number three again, and he confirmed the severe, persistent hemiplegic migraine diagnosis, cleared me of having anything more sinister, thankfully, and said I had become the model patient with all my lifestyle changes. Boom, gold star for me. He also wanted to try something slightly more experimental on my brain, since drugs hadn't been my friends before, and I agreed. I mean, who wouldn't want to blast their brain every day with a portable, magnetically charged helmet, instead of taking some other pills with manic depression and Parkinson's-like tremors as possible side effects? Ten days later, the helmet arrived. I'll tell you how I got on with it in the next chapter. Much love and cortisol. Howler.